Blog Talk Radio. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging that system. That one didn't work. Let's try. Five. Let's try something else here. Don't fret just yet. Let's see. Let's go with. I'll try to call Commissioner Ken Hamlin. Let me see here. Bear with us, folks. Bear with us. Might work. I think this might work. Hello. Ken Hamlin, Hello. welcome to the free day on Turnbuckle Turmoil. Thank you for joining us. We are experiencing the old technical difficulty gimmick. Well, that happens uh, everyday life, I guess. It does. Um, I'm going to attempt to call some more of our uh, guests, so bear with me for just a moment here, and we'll okay. see if we can get some Ballard Brothers on. Let's see. Feel free to hum something while we wait. 
Well, of course, uh, humming is not my strong suit, but we'll 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 see. Um, hopefully, the uh, wonderful uh, technology can be set up. I'm I'm attempting. Okay, here we go. Trying to get a Ballard brother. Hello. Hello, do we have Shannon Ballard with us? Yeah, we do. All right, well, thank you for joining Turnbuckle Turmoil. We're experiencing a bit of technical difficulty, so bear with us as we try to dial some more of the guests here. Uh, Our server is a bit wiggy today, but we're going to bypass it and push through with Hockey Day. All right. And I... Believe you might know Ken Hamlin. Have you met Mr. Ballard, Ken? I, we've never met. I don't, we've never met in person, but I've I've, I've seen the, the brothers wrestle uh, numerous times at CAC. Oh man, did you want your money? Did you demand your money back? Well, I, I'll have to tell you. You know, um, I think y'all are very well respected as a tag team, and I, I've always enjoyed watching you guys work. So, um, you know, it's it's always a pleasure to see you guys in the ring. Oh, Let thank me you. see if I can get um, one more guest on. Let's try Stuart here real quick. Thank you for calling Evergreen Animal Hospital. Our office is currently closed. And that is... I, I don't think that's Stuart. I don't think he's an animal. PM and Wednesdays well, 3 to 3 p.m. That would probably depend on your Friday, individual view on him. All right. Let's, let's so try that one more time. Attention, please contact Columbia River Vet Specialist at 360-694-3000. Otherwise, please right. leave any non-urgent voicemails, and someone will get back to you on the next business day. Thank you. Okay. Well, that failed. Okay, so we lost Ken. Let's try to get Ken back here. All right. All right, we're back again. We got you one more time. And then let me get a couple numbers here, and then we'll attempt Stuart one more time. Feel free to hung something while we wait. (laughs) Well, hopefully Mr. Ballard hums better than I do anyway. So Um, what's um, (laughs) – if I can ask – What's been, uh, how have you guys been handling the pandemic there, not being able to work, or have you been working in any places lately at all? No, nothing. Like, a a couple people have have reached out and said, hey, we could do, um, we could do something, but we can't, we can't pay anything. It'll just be for, like, the, uh, uh, for the, to, to put on the internet and see if anybody watches the live stream. And it just, uh, I, I was just, um. Not that I wouldn't do it, but it it it, it just didn't didn't appeal to me since since we're getting up there in age, um, 
you know, it's it, the the matches nowadays have to count a little more. Yeah. Oh, I, I definitely understand. Guys, yeah. Let's see if I can get. Now there was a. Um, I'm not able to take your call at the moment. Please leave the name and oh. number so I can return your as soon as possible. If you'd like to leave the media message, please do so at cwhbc at comcast.net. My brother's probably calling the number panicking right now. Comcast.net. Thank you. All right. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. To leave a callback number, press 5. Press 5. All right. So... Did did you uh, reach out to my brother at all? Because he he's probably panicking right now. I am about to call him right now. So one moment. Hope I didn't panic him. I hate to panic great wrestlers and hockey fans when I do both. Uh, he my my. <laughs> all right. Well, let me dial him. All right, here we go. Hello. Oh, do we have the other ballad brother with us? Yes, you do. This is Jason, huh? Yes, we have um, both ballad brothers, Shane and Shannon and Ken Hamlin. And I'm going to attempt right. one more time to get a hold of uh, Stuart Kemp here. So let me try him one more time, see if we can get him. I apologize for the technical difficulties. Our server no is under the weather. Yeah, no problem. All right, let me dial Stuart, see if we can get him. You can Stuart at 360 I'm not able to take your call at the moment. Please leave the name and number so I can return it as soon as possible. If you'd like to leave an email message, please do so at twhbc.comcast.net. All right. So I think we have... I was hoping we'd all be able to leave him a message. Well, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I don't know how Stuart would feel about that. No. After so many days in the hospital, I think Stuart would would love to have someone leave him a message. <laughs> oh, nice. That's probably true. Um, so I guess we'll just kind of get started here. So a little bit of background. Pro wrestling and hockey is the subject today. And <laughs> a lot of fans may not be aware there's a long history of that uh, going back decades, pro wrestling has appeared in hockey arenas all over North America. It's a very popular venue for both sports. Uh, You have people that have entered pro wrestling as special guest referees like David Schultz from the Philadelphia Flyers. Bill Irwin, of course, appeared as the goon for WWF. The Ballad Brothers, of course, uh, rocking the hockey jerseys. So, I will start with... uh, Shane Ballard, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into wrestling and into hockey and how you kind of crossed the two? Sure. 
Well, I started off with hockey. I went to a, like our older brother took us to a hockey game uh, to see. It was the Los Angeles Kings. I can't remember quite who they played back then, but uh, I think we we're ten years old, and we we're just fascinated by it. I mean, we went like uh, and to get souvenirs. They used to sell sticks actually at the uh, at the forum where it was at, and we got some some hockey sticks and just started playing, and uh, you know developed it from there. And uh, yeah, we played. Geez, from 11 until I'd say 27, we played 27, 28 years old. I played pickup every occasional, uh, occasionally like every you know once every like six months or so. But then right right when hockey ended, we had like a void inside of us. I mean, we kind of needed something because we you know we played a pretty much organized hockey our whole lives growing up. You know, there from 10 years old on. So uh, um, we had that void, and we just. Uh, you know, actually, Shen was the one that looked up because uh, a pay-per-view, not pay-per-view, I'm sorry, like a uh, public access wrestling show came on uh, that our friend saw, well, our best friend Brian, and he told us about it and he recorded it and we watched it. And, and, you know, he said, yeah, you guys would probably main event if you're on there. So we just got the idea. Uh, my brother called uh, the promoter and the promoter set up a tryout for us. And uh, we went to the tryout and just did all of his stuff. And he was, his name was Alex Knight. Um, he was uh, the guy that scouted us there. He was a, a pro wrestler. He was one of the medics. I mean, he had many different uh, incarnations during his uh, tenure in, in pro wrestling. And uh, he was just sitting back watching us, and we we're probably doing stuff for about three hours. And uh, he said, oh, okay, thanks. Thanks for coming down. And we thought that was the end of it, you know, so, we, you know, because he just didn't seem enthused or excited or just say anything. He just was like, ah, thanks for coming. And so then we thought, well, at least we gave it a try, you know, because we had been pro wrestling fans our whole life as well. And the next thing you know, he um, called us up and said, hey, I'd be willing to train you guys for free. I see a lot of potential in you guys. I just would ask that you put the ring up and, and tear the ring down after each training session and that's how our whole magical pro wrestling journey began. It began at 28 years old. Oh, wow. Well, let yeah. me try one last time to get Stuart. Uh, he said he is yeah, standing let's get by. Stuart. Let me try one more time. Let's see if he picks this up for us. Hello. Stuart Kemp, we finally got you. Yes, you did. Oh, right. Well, I know that you know the Ballard brothers and you know Ken Hamlin. Yes, indeed. Are all acquainted no, here. Right? Yes, indeed. You don't have to leave a message now. <laughs> they wanted to. I know. Well, um, I heard. <laughs> well, um, I will throw the same question over to uh, Shannon Ballard. Can you tell us what I'm um, if your journey was a little bit different than your brother's, or was it pretty much the same to get from hockey so, into wrestling? Uh, well, since we're twins, yeah, it was it was pretty, it was pretty much exactly the same. I mean, we we drove to all the um, the the training uh, together. Like my 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 brother, he played goalie, and I, I played defense. And we we actually, I'll, I'll go more into uh, a little more into detail on the on the hockey stuff for, first, um, and. Um, we we ended up um, uh, playing a junior like I mean we we played pretty much uh, since we were ten or eleven we used to play hockey in the street in California nobody even knew what that was that was before Gretzky came down uh, we used to go to the Kings games 
and we'd pay $5 for a ticket. We'd sit up at the top and we would sneak down to the bottom section. And um, when the players would warm up, a lot of kids would ask for their sticks. And uh, so that's how we actually got our first stick was some guy broke his stick in half and he gave it to me and I ended up taping it, duct taping it. Uh, so that way it would, it would be one stick instead of two. And uh, we used like foam that we found like as goalie pads. And uh, I mean, we just, we made do and then everything kind of evolved from there. But when we became of age to play junior hockey, we played, we started playing in Burnaby, Canada and then we both got picked up by um, a team in Saskatchewan, uh, the the Bruins. But that's when our hockey career ended because I ended up um, tearing my knee up. And I came, uh, our parents lived in California, so we I came to California to rehab it. And then three weeks later, my brother did the same thing. So that was kind of a void there. But later on in life, um, we both worked for the LA Kings in their store called the Slap Shot, uh, Slap Shop, and um, that was when um, Gretzky was was on the team. The Kings were were very popular, and I ended up trying out for the mascot position. His name was Kingston, and I ended up getting it. And at first, I was a backup, and then the guy like just quit, so I got kind of thrown into the mix. And it was the year that they went to the Stanley Cup. Now, all the years of playing hockey. Um, and I was like the fighter on the team. I had never gotten beat up more than I had in that costume. A fan, crazy drunk fans would just, you know, jump me. And if they lost, they would they would beat me up. And I looked through the mouth, and they would always punch the mouth. So one time, someone punched right through the mouth and broke my nose. But it did lead to one year they had a lockout season, and um, the goalie at the time, Kelly Rudy, wanted to play forward. So they recruited Shane to play goalie, and then I got to come out and play, and it was like a dream come true because I was on the same line with Gretzky and uh, Pat Con- or no uh, Tony Granado, and uh, it, it was pretty pretty neat. We we were playing like other teams, like Anaheim had a team, but it it wasn't like there were games just for for fun. Like I mean, it was a lockout season, so like there's a lot of like celebrities and baseball players that came out. But it was still pretty neat. I, we still have the jerseys that they gave us and all the equipment, and um, yeah, it was it was a really a uh, you know insane thing that happened. It was uh, I remember Gretzky that when I got out there, I was so nervous, and he came up to me and he said, "Hey, just uh, as soon as the puck drops, skate as fast as you can, put your stick down, and the, I'll get you the puck." And I was like, "Okay," and sure enough, it literally was like it just magically appeared there. That, that guy was. Uh, the greatest of all. He was the goat of hockey. Still is. Absolutely. Well, um, Ken Hamlin, I will ask you kind of the same thing. I don't know if you were formerly a player of hockey. I know you love it. Can you tell us kind of how the two worlds combined for you? Well, I I did not play. I, I was a fan. I started out back in uh, the late 60s listening to the old Seattle Totems in the Western Hockey League. Um, and uh, I kind of grew away from hockey a little bit. And uh, I then uh, I, I found uh, professional wrestling in 72. And I, I was a fan from that point on. 
Um, I really got back into hockey when it got like the like the the brothers were saying when it got a little more national prominence when they got a, a full time uh, network gig. Uh, you used to be able to see it on CBS and so forth. And um, I really got back into NHL hockey when uh, I, I saw this guy named Mario Lemieux. And um, for the for the life of me, I thought he was the greatest thing. Uh, no offense to Mr. Gretzky, but I, my goat is Mario Lemieux, and uh, he's such a he was such a great great player, and um, I've been a, a Pens fan ever since. Uh, believe it or not, living out here in Washington, I I followed the Pens, the Barrasso, the Auger days, and so forth. Um, but I, I was big into it when I was younger, and then um, when I finally got back into watching hockey live. A friend of mine, uh, Craig Thorne, who is a wrestling slash hockey guy, also um, took me to a Seattle Thunderbirds game one night, and I was hooked. And it, it, it's a, a wonderful thing to go and watch. And yes, there is such a great, um, you know, there's a great, there's great lines that they run parallel with, you know, with the uh, the fighting and the uh, the the hard and roughness of each sport. Um, the one thing that stands out in my mind the most that I remember between hockey and wrestling, and I'm sure we'll get into this again a little more, I know Stuart probably has a little better insight on this, is the Tiger Williams incident up in Vancouver uh, where he was uh, uh, him and Rotten Ron star. So I know that's something, Stuart, you could probably elaborate a little better on, uh, you know, and, and you, the Ballad Brothers too can, because this was that was um, my first real inclination of, the the crossing of hockey and wrestling together that I can remember outside of maybe you know uh, the uh, like you said uh, the uh, playing in the in the barns and the arenas uh, wrestling would be in there at the same time as uh, hockey we actually did one in the Tacoma Dome here a while back where the Tacoma SaberCats were playing hockey in the big dome and in the building right next to it there was wrestling going on that I was involved in so uh, they actually paralleled themselves big time that day. That definitely seemed like it did for sure. Now, Stuart, I know um, you are involved kind of in the Portland uh, Winterhawks organization. You you also were um, involved in professional wrestling, still are involved in professional wrestling. Can you tell us kind of how the two sports merged for you? Well, let's talk about this thing with Ken because he – Elaborated on the, the Tiger Williams thing back in 84. Um, that was actually a, a, a deal with uh, Bruce Allen, who was a promoter of uh, rock rock and roll back in the days with uh, Brian Adams. And um, he wanted to try and cross over a, a popular sport, which was hockey, uh, with wrestling. And um, Stanbeek Wrestling at the time was getting ready to sell to the uh, World Wrestling Federation. And... Um, Bruce Allen had had contact with Tiger Williams, Dave Tiger Williams, who had been the most penalized player uh, with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs as uh, as a fighter, and thought it would be kind of a good crossover to bring him into uh, into the wrestling thing. And so uh, he teamed him up with Bruce Hart, uh, with uh, Ron Starr and, and Greg Gama. And actually, uh, I have one of the shirts that I donated to the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, which... Uh, <coughs> highlights the last bout that they had, which was in August of 84, um, where Tiger Williams and, and uh, Bruce Hart actually teamed up uh, the week before Tiger Williams was a guest referee. 
And so it was, it was actually kind of interesting seeing all that. I talked to Dave um, probably about four or five years after the, uh, the matches had happened. He'll never do it again. Uh, but he loved his opportunity that he did it um, uh, just because there was a, a full house. It was like 10,000 in the Coliseum that night that he and Bruce teamed up uh, to wrestle uh, uh, Ron Starr and, and Gamma. And um, it was it was a, a sight to behold, just an absolute crazy sight. Um, we were talking, uh, you know, the ballots were talking a little bit about their uh, their hockey days. You know, notice that uh, back, it was probably about the 80s or so, that the hockey jersey really started to form a, um, uh, a crossover into wrestling promotions. Um, a lot of the bad guys would be wearing the rival jerseys of the uh, of the teams um, in local arenas. Like, for example, in Canada, in Calgary, uh, Mike Shaw, who is back in Sing, would be wearing the Edmonton Oils, uh, Oil Kings uh, jersey or others uh, jersey um, while doing the promos for the uh, Calgary Flames games. And it was it was uh, that kind of rivalry that uh, allowed him to create uh, just a monster um, hatred amongst fans. It was uh, it was kind of a built-in thing. But yeah, I date back probably to the uh, early '70s or so for hockey myself. Um, I was listening to the radio station up in Canada, CKNW at the time, um, for the Vancouver Canucks uh, broadcast. And it wasn't until later on when uh, I started watching the uh, CBC Saturday Night Games. Uh, they do Saturday night hockey on CBC. Um, that we'd have our, our hamburgers and watch the hockey on Saturday night at five o'clock. Um, always East Coast feed because it would be at uh, eight o'clock uh, Eastern time, so it'd be five Pacific. And then um, then later on they would change over to the uh, the West Coast feed, but it didn't happen until much much later. But it was a great time had by all. But yeah, I started with the uh, Portland Winterhawks Booster Club back uh, about twelve years ago. Um, I was involved with that because a fan had invited us to a game. I, I'd been to several Canucks games, and I'd, I'd read the sports pages for the WHL um, results and so on, but I'd never been to a WHL game. And uh, somebody gave me tickets to go to a game, and like Ken, you know, it was uh, it was like uh, old old times again, and I loved it, and and I've been back ever since. And I was told, you know, if you're going to go to the game, you got to join the booster club. Well, 12 years later, I am the president, so uh, obviously I must have enjoyed it. (laughs) Obviously so. Now, this one's going to be more applicable to the Ballard brothers uh, just because of circumstances, but something I'm curious about. I know that uh, you guys wrestle in the hockey jerseys. I occasionally have wrestled in my hockey jersey as well. I found it a little awkward at first wrestling in the jersey. So we'll start with Shane. When you wrestled in the jersey, did it kind of feel normal for you to do that at first, or did it take some time to adjust wearing the hockey stuff? No, I, absolutely. It was, was fine for me. I mean, I was used to that. For one, I mean, but usually with the, the you know with the equipment on, I mean goalie equipment, and everything, it's much tighter. I mean, for that, to me, it was a little bit looser. It was a little, you know, certain things that you know, like if somebody, there's a couple of times where we'd get a boot and maybe the the boot would get caught in you know in the the rolls of the the jersey, so they they would kind of stumble a bit. That would be really the only uh, negative thing with the jersey that we've ever had. I mean, I've never really had any any issues with it. It was always very comfortable and. Uh, because I wasn't in as great a shape back then, it was great because it um, 
covered um, certain areas. That, uh, <laughs> Wait, you know, so are you trying to say that you're in good shape now? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> well, also another good thing to mention too would be uh, Bret Hart. I mean, as far as the crossover, I mean, with them owning the, um, you know, the Calgary Hitmen as well. Yeah, the um, I think if you stop and look, you also have to add in Ed Whalen there. He was, uh, I believe, he did he not do the voice of the Flames for a number of years? He was, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ed Whalen was uh, probably one of my favorite uh, professional wrestling announcers. Uh, I used to get the Calgary. Uh, I used to get the Calgary on tape, and uh, I know that if I'm not mistaken, the press box is even uh, memorialized after him up there in in one of the arenas. I'm not sure if it is in the Saddle Dome, I believe, but I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, there's a press box that's uh, dedicated to Ed Whalen in the Saddle Dome. There were a lot of times that he would do the uh, the wrestling show. Uh, and then he would do the wrap-ups over for the Calgary Flames right after the uh, after the event. So there were a lot of times he uh, he wouldn't get home until one or two in the morning from that show. Uh, Stuart, you're going to have a little more kind of a unique perspective on this, but when uh, you look at the two fan bases for wrestling and hockey, just from like a quick glance from a casual layman, it's going to look like the two fan bases are pretty similar. In your experiences working with fans from both, do you also get the sense that it's kind of a crossover fan base, or do you see differences in the two? There there are differences, but, yes, there are crossovers. It's funny you mentioned that. Um, several years ago, we had a wrestling event that we did in Milwaukee, Oregon, uh, where we invited all the players from the Portland Winterhawks to come down to the show. And uh, the coach at the time actually was very interested in some of the training methods that we were doing for the wrestling because they were a little bit different than what they were doing for the hockey. And uh, in many cases, um, you know, we were very thorough with our, uh, with our training methods. And because of that, um, you know, there were less injuries as a result, even though we got more injuries in wrestling because of the, uh, the nature of what we did. Um, in, in hockey, you wouldn't have those, those various types of injuries. So uh, they were very interested in some of the training methods that we did. Um, they were very scared, actually, a lot of the times in, in getting into uh, uh, watching the wrestling because uh, of how close the action was and so on. Uh, there is that separation, you know, when you have hockey uh, for the glass and the boards and so on, and you have checks and so on, and you don't have that wrestling. You know, you've got uh, uh, basically a rope or, or – um, a uh, fence or something like that between the audience members sometimes and the uh, and the, the matches themselves, and you don't have that in the hockey. So there is there is that kind of variance. But you know there's a lot of crossovers in in hockey to wrestling, and uh, and that's I think one of the reasons why uh, people pick up on both so quickly. You know they they enjoy both um, just because of the the nature of of the competitiveness of both. Um, you know we were looking at at some of the uh, similarities. Um, you know, in hockey, for example, you have uh, a captain of a team. Well, you could almost create that as, as a champion for your wrestling company. Um, you know, you protect your, your champion, and you, have your, you protect your captain in your hockey. Um, you have your divisions. It's the same thing as, as wrestling. Each uh, division um, represents a wrestling company. And, and so they, um, you know, there are those, there are similarities like that. 
um, you know, there's a lot of traveling involved, you know, for both wrestling and hockey, um, just because of the nature. The equipment may be a little bit different. I mean, you may be more padded up for hockey, but there's a lot of times where, you know, in, in wrestling, you don't have that kind of padding. You don't have that in hockey either, especially if you're doing training and that sort of thing. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of times, you know, where you're on the road, for example, you know, and you could be, you know, on a bus, for example, you know, in hockey, you could be in a car for, for wrestling, um, and you're sharing, you know, your travels down the road, you know, and so on, you know, there's a lot of similarities that way. A lot of fans don't see that. Uh, they just see the, um, the, uh, the, the presentation and so on. And there's a lot of times where they, they miss a lot of the other things that, uh, have been very successful in the hockey business. Um, which correlate to the wrestling business. Sadly, you know, in the wrestling business, we don't nearly make nearly as much money as they do in the hockey business. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, just, uh, oh, it's true. It's it's sad. I mean, where you can charge, you know, huge dollars for hockey. I mean, what is it now for a, a club seat in NHL? It's like two to $500, sometimes even more. I think the top price is like 50 bucks if you go to, to a wrestling show. And yet some of these guys put their lives in line every time they get in the ring. It's just amazing. Um, you know, so I think I think a lot of people forget that uh, a lot of these guys are working very hard to uh, to make ends meet, put food on the table, so on and so forth for their families, and uh, and we just don't see it. You know, it just it just doesn't happen. You know, Stuart, one thing that you said there, you know, I think that the uh, I agree with you that the the, uh, the 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 sport itself and the roughness between the two sports, but also I think. A lot of people don't actually take this into effect, and I know I'd like to get the Ballard's opinion on this. Is uh, I, I always like to sit up high and watch the game unfold and and watch the tape to tape to tape and the finesse of it. Now, there is finesse, especially you have to be finesse at times in professional wrestling. Uh, a good uh, to, to produce good moves and to produce good chain wrestling, you have to have that finesse. And, and I, I think that, you know, a, a good tape-to-tape-to-tape to tape to tape scoring like that with the finesse that hockey players have, they kind of go hand-in-hand, hand, but I don't think people realize that as much because most people are interested in seeing the fights or most people are interested in seeing the rough play banging into the boards and so forth. But I, I believe I'd like to get to Ballard's opinion on that. What do you guys think about that? Uh, well, for sure, like with hockey, one of the things that really stood out for me um, when we were had our stint with the Kings during the, the strike season where we were doing the practices and everything, was uh, even the fourth-line guys are phenomenal players, guys that just went out there and fought. I mean, those guys were, were you know, more talented than you could imagine, but that wasn't their job. There's, you know, the Gretzky's, the Lemieux's, you know, those guys that would, would be doing the scoring, but all those guys were phenomenal. I, I realized when I was there, just the elite level, um, you have to be – to, to be even a fourth line player in the pros, not just somebody that knew how to fight, but I mean, you had to just, the, 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 those guys just, you know, some of their skills, the things they would do just surprised me. I was like, wow, I would never expect that from, from, from that a guy that was just on the fourth line. That was for me, that was, that was a, the, the difference with the, I mean, with the hockey, I just see a, a amount of skill to get to that level. And so do you feel the finesse? Do you feel the right. finesse is, is not uh, given enough points on both sports? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Um, it, like with, with a lot of the, you know, when you see certain, like with certain wrestling companies or even certain wrestlers, 
Um, they you know, a lot of the ones don't do the things that they've learned, like a lot of the chain wrestling. A lot of guys just go right into the the high impact stuff nowadays. So you don't see as much of the finesse as you did before, where the matches would would you know the matches took longer to play out, and there was more of that finesse and the you know the outshining the opponent and so, so forth. Whereas now it's a lot more bigger. You know, there's a little bit bigger moves in, in wrestling as opposed to. To like more of the some of the skills that you would see from some of the earlier generation wrestlers. Uh, one thing I wanted to kind of get an opinion from everybody here on is we have had a lot of uh, well-known, uh, very famous wrestlers that have connections to professional hockey. Uh, Chris Jericho, of course, the son of Ted Irvine, who played many, many years in the NHL. Brett the Hitman Hart owned a minor league hockey company up in Calgary, which was named for him, the Hitman. And then perhaps one of the more uh, prominent uh, early connections was Ron Fuller actually left the wrestling industry and stopped promoting wrestling to buy into minor league hockey and bring minor league hockey to Tennessee. Uh, He owned two very successful minor league hockey teams. So we'll start with Shannon. Can you tell us what you think might be kind of the most uh, successful wrestler that had ties to hockey? Uh, Probably Chris Jericho, I would say. Um, he, he was the, uh, uh, his, his dad, Ted Irvine played, I think for the Rangers. Yep. So that would be my pick. All right. Can you, can you hear me okay or no? Was the most uh, successful. Yeah. Okay. Cause I I think I was on, on mute. (laughs) Yeah, we we heard that. All right. Shane, what about you? Do you think you would agree with that, or do you think someone else might have had a? a well, yeah, I, I guess I guess if you look at a mainstream wrestler, uh, you would have to think of Jericho as that. Um, he's not he's not only been a wrestler, but he's also crossed over and and done the celebrity hockey and and things of that nature. Um, I've been trying for years to get him to donate a jersey for our. Um, our Ronald McDonald house night up here. I'm hoping somewhere down the line I can get him to do that. When the Thunderbirds do a uh, promotion that uh, does for Ronald McDonald house, they auction off jerseys and so forth. I would love to get one of those in there because I think he's so enough mainstream, but then you got to look at Again, we talked about a tiger Williams. Um, you know, that to me was, I, I you got to think that he's kind of the pioneer of done that in my estimation. Um, moving that in, even if it was just a one-time foray into the sport, um, he kind of, it was almost like he opened the door a little bit, if you, I kind of look at it that way. Um, I know it was all great promoting, uh, and and I'm sure he he got paid handsomely for coming there and putting his body on the line uh, that night. And and working with a guy like Ron Starr, I don't think he had too many uh, worries because Ron was such a, uh, a top-notch professional. Stuart, what about you? Who do you think might have been the most successful mainstream wrestler that 
had really big ties to pro hockey. Well, I mean, obviously we can talk about Chris Jericho. I still think that Bret Hart would have been uh, just because he had the ownership in the Hitmen. Um, you know, he um, had been wrestling for obviously many, many years. Obviously, was a a, a big fan favorite in Calgary. Um, so his uh, latching on as a partner to bring the Hitmen into Calgary. Uh, you know, after uh, having a couple of uh, uh, sputters with the Wranglers and so on in in trying to bring hockey into into Calgary as the WHL franchise. The Hitmen have been a very successful franchise in Calgary uh, when Brett finally did sell off the team uh, to another investment group. Uh, but he's had quite a quite a lineage with that. And obviously, uh, with his name value, has been uh, what has drawn people into into watching the games with the Hitmen. Um, you know, Chris has been very successful, obviously, um, on his own. Uh, but obviously, you know, with his dad being playing hockey, him not playing hockey so much, Kind of, kind of uh, leaves a bit of a, a gap there. Tiger Williams was was brought into Calgary originally to train with Bruce Hart uh, at the dungeon um, to learn how to how to do what he needs to do, um, and he actually looked actually quite uh, quite good in the ring. He actually uh, <clears throat> sold well and did uh, did very well for what he could do, uh, which uh, was amazing considering a lot of these guys sort of just go one off and they sort of say, oh well, fine, I'll, I'll do whatever, and and they leave it. <clears throat> Tiger actually did a lot of things to uh, to benefit uh, the business, made made uh, his matches look good, uh, and as a result, uh, the people still talk about it even even 20 years ago, you know, or, or more now, uh, they talk about it. So it's um, you know, I still think that Brett did a, a great job. There's obviously um, a lot more down the line, though. I think you know that are going to be uh, mixing their their uh, their hockey. I mean, you take a look right now. Uh, we back in the 80s, you know, we're back in the 80s again, we'll talk about things like the penalty box match, for goodness sake. I mean, the penalty box was, was hockey-related, and how many times have you heard about that within uh, world-class championship wrestling and, and the NWA and even uh, within West Coast Championship Wrestling, it is the penalty box. So there's a, still a lot of correlations within hockey that have happened, um, you know, and, and if you really research it, you'll see that there's a lot of, a lot of connections in there for sure. Yeah, right. Um, now, going back a long, long uh, time, we've seen uh, people from within hockey also try to get into wrestling a little bit. Um, uh, like I said earlier, there's guest referee spots and things of that nature when they would be in a hockey town. Uh, Bill Irwin famously uh, had a hockey background and incorporated that when he got to the WWF. Kind of on the flip side of that, uh, Shannon, we'll start with you. Who do you think had the most successful transition coming from hockey and dabbling into wrestling? Oh, did we lose Shannon? All right. Well, how about you, Shane? Did you have an opinion on successful transition going from hmm. hockey into wrestling? The Ballard Brothers. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you there? Yeah. Hello. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're listening. You have a case. You have a case. The um. Yeah. 
the uh, now Irwin. Now, do you honestly do you feel that um, do you feel that, that there hasn't why there hasn't been more hockey gimmick kind of thing? Uh, I mean, the goon is one of the few that I remember. Of, I, come of in, I, I don't know if I keep hitting mute. What's that? I think with that, I think uh, with Bill Irwin, I mean, people just didn't embrace that. It was more comical. So I think that kind of, um, I was really hoping actually, but because we, we heard that Vince McMahon was a, um, is a hockey fan. So I thought once he saw the jerseys, when we did our dark matches, that he would just be like, Oh, we gotta, you know, well, we gotta do another hockey gimmick. You know, that they, they look just like the Hansons, but, uh, you know, of course that didn't pan out, but, but I think it was just because of that that a lot of they they haven't really gone back to that because the goon I mean but just what they had him work with I mean those boots that look like skates I mean that's a, that was a practically a broken ankle right there and his finish was a cross check in the back outside and they get counted out I mean so it really didn't uh, I mean the big nets that where they show him trying out for a team and he starts beating everybody up I mean I thought those were pretty good but with from, in hindsight I mean that I think just that gimmick was kind of uh, you know when people see that gimmick they don't didn't really look at that as you know the hockey transitioning it was more of a comical thing I think for a lot of people I think that's kind of what what would hurt that unfortunately I loved it though. I thought it was a great gimmick I, I really you know I really got into it I just didn't like what they, the the direction they gave him you know would probably be the uh, what what didn't bring another hockey gimmick back. Stuart, what about you? Do you think you have an opinion on who the most successful person to go from hockey into wrestling? Man, there's just so many. There, I mean, you take a look at, at wrestling and, 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 and hockey, and I, my brain is just frazzled right now of all the different people that could be involved. You know, personally, I think that, you know, I agree that the Ballers should have been uh, uh, stronger in, in their uh, their foray for, uh, for hockey because they uh, – had been such uh, such stalwarts for the sport, um, for both wrestling and hockey. You know, um, they they didn't do an awful lot with the goon. Unfortunately, they uh, they uh, it was just, just like a one-off character for them, and they uh, they didn't really expand upon it. And because of that, it it sort of uh, fell flat in its face. Um, there's there's obviously a lot more I think in as we go along um, that people can. Uh, relate to hockey, both hockey and wrestling and, and see how, how they can correlate with each other. I, I wish, I wish to goodness they would do that um, because I think that they could both benefit from it. Oh, one thing I heard years and years ago, and I have no idea if it was just an urban legend or if there's basis on this, but I'd like to get everybody's opinion. I heard that some people in hockey approach some wrestlers to try to get some advice on how they could work hockey fights in order to not be so beaten up over the course of a season, but yet still get the fans into the games uh, because they enjoyed the fighting. And so hockey tried to incorporate kind of a little bit of a worked atmosphere like a wrestling match into what they were doing. Uh, Shannon, did you ever hear that, or is it just something that was an urban legend I heard of one day?
Oh, I think we lost Shannon there. Shane, what about you? Did you ever hear a similar tale? Uh, no, I, I, I mean that. No, I, I, think that I, would, I would think. I would think that would be totally false because I, I was one of the guys on the team that would fight, and I, I would never, you know, uh, w- w- do do a work, or no one ever said that to me. Yeah, man. Plus, if you were uh, getting beat up as a mascot, I'm guessing it wasn't work when you were getting hurt. Uh, Stuart, I know you go down to CAC quite a bit, and uh, you're involved in CAC, and you also, like you said, were uh, involved in the uh, booster clubs. (laughs) Hockey, do you see kind of a similar... Right. Interest, I mean, I wish it was worked back then. Yeah. Oh. The biggest, the biggest thing that I see right now, um, you know, a lot of the guys, uh, we've noticed of late that they've been uh, uh, stopping the uh, the matches or the the fights in hockey uh, that are what are what are called predetermined. It's, uh, you know, you want to fight, yeah, let, let's go fight. Um, but we see a lot of the correlations, you know, where they uh, they hook up, you know, very similar to wrestling. And they they fight very similar to wrestling. Uh, obviously, the punches are are very legitimate. Um, you know, obviously they can get hurt from that. Um, but it's it's just learning how to hold on to your opponents and so on. It's the same thing with wrestling: how you hold on uh, for for dear life. You know, sometimes. Um, you know, I think I think a lot of it right now is is that uh, they uh, they've stopped a lot of the the fights that uh, are pregame, um, just at the start of the the game. At the very end of the game, uh, a lot of the fights that you see now in hockey are as a result of penalties not being called, uh, fouls not being called. Um, you know, we had that same situation in wrestling, you know, where certain situations weren't being called. And, and so, uh, you know, they would take matters in their own hands, um, you know, and, and do that. It's, um, you know, I think, I think what happens now is, you know, you see a lot of the guys, you know, are, are, uh, you know, sure they may get hurt, but at the end of it, you know, they're they're sort of congratulating each other for for a good fight. You know, and they've, uh, you know, if, if you've got two guys that are well matched, um, you know, have have decent size together, uh, decent uh, skills together, and they uh, can put on a, a, a tremendous uh, battle, uh, they may they may take one for the team. You know, it's uh, a lot of times you know you see the guys at the end of the night. You know, they're they're pretty beat up. You know, their bodies are in pretty bad shape and. You know, those are broken. Maybe they're bleeding from the eyes or whatever else, and and it it just happens. You know, same thing with wrestling. You know, you uh, you may not try and kill somebody, but uh, you're gonna make uh, you're gonna make them feel, and and they understand. Uh, you know, your your deal, and and they uh, they respect you for that. You know, I don't uh, I don't encourage anybody to get into wrestling or hockey just for the fighting. You know, they uh, they they've got to get into it for the love of the of the game, love of the sport. And if they don't, then they're in the wrong business. You know, it's, uh, you know, you're, uh, you've only got one body uh, and, and you've got to live with it at the very end of your career, whether it's, it's one year or 20 years, uh, you've got to live with it at the end of the year. And, uh, and it's a, uh, you know, it's a it's very short, small balance on your body. And, and the, uh, the end result can be you know, very, uh, uh, very discomfort for your, uh, for your body at the very end. And, and, uh, we're lucky in some of the cases, you know, some of the guys have been able to walk away or at least uh, shuffle away from, from the business. Uh, but in all honesty, you know, they, uh, they wouldn't have done it again for, for what they did. 
Others, you know, sure, they would love to do it again, you know, because they uh, they enjoy it too much. Can you have a different think, perspective since you're not uh, well, an active I, hockey participant? But I, I, think, I think Stuart brought up a great point there. And I think if you're talking about similarities in hockey and wrestling, you got to look at the injury levels. Now, you just like um, Shane said there, you blew out your knee. Athletes uh, in any kind of sport blow out their knees all the time. Um, so it is, uh, I think when you look at a hockey and wrestling parallel, there also is, you can look at the injuries that can happen in both. And you can say there's a, a large parallel there because the, the knees that get blown out, the, the shoulders that get messed up, um, you know, the, uh, the day-to-day grind, like Stuart was saying, and, uh, getting hit with sticks, getting hit with pucks, you know, causing, you know, injury and, and, and high sticks and so forth. There's so much parallel there, I think, uh, when you bring up wrestling and hockey. And, and I know the Ballard brothers themselves, I, you said you blew out your knee, and I'm going, I, I, does that, how does that affect you now working in a wrestling ring uh, and do you, does it happen to, does it still bother or are we, have you been one of the lucky ones that your knee has uh, healed up uh, enough that it didn't bother when you were from your hockey days? No, it, it hurt transitioning into it. And then ironically, I ended up uh, tearing the ACL completely on my left knee and actually ended up uh, getting surgery back in 2019 for that. So I mean, both sports came up with, uh, you know, severe knee injuries. But uh, if I had to put on, I have to wear a brace. I would say wrestling. I would say wrestling had more injuries um, uh, for me than my my hockey. As far as that that you know, as far as the risks that we we're talking about earlier, it definitely wrestling um, is a, a more of a risk and uh, uh, you know susceptible for injuries than than it was for us playing hockey. Gentlemen, we're down to the last few minutes of the show, and I want to make sure everybody gets a chance to say what they would like to say as we close out. Uh, Shane, we'll start with you. If there's anything you want to say to the listeners, plug and promote anything and everything, social medias, merchandise, upcoming appearances, anything you want, floor is yours. Oh, thank you. Um, I just wanted to thank everybody over the years just for the support. Um not just of us, but just for wrestling in general. And, and same with hockey as well for, you know, supporting all the minor league teams and all the uh, parents out there with their, their kids getting up at four in the morning for practices. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, hopefully the Ballards will return for a, uh, another season. But, yeah. That's our, uh, with COVID, I think our, our appearances are at like Ralph's supermarket right now where we go do a shopping. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, other than that, um, we just wanted to thank everybody over the years for for supporting us and and the fact that people got the gimmick. There's, you know, we were, it was from a, a movie, a more obscure movie from 1977. But if you're a hockey fan, you knew our gimmick, and to us that 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 meant a lot when people would come up and said, "You guys have the coolest gimmick I've ever seen." So, and. Other Ballard brother, if there's anything you would like to say in closing, plug and promote, go right ahead.
right. I think he, he has a flip, he has a flip. He has a flip phone. That's why it's so hard for him. Uh, <laughs> nothing wrong with uh, yeah, that. Right now, America we don't have anything really going on as far as wrestling wise, just because of the COVID, and we're trying to get. Uh, uh, he, I guess, we're healing up because uh, we'll, we. we Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, am I coming through now? Yeah, we can hear If you can't hear me, let 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 me know. I'll I'll switch something on my phone. No, you're perfectly clear now. I went to Bluetooth. I'm hoping I'm coming through. You're doing fine. I guess not. Okay, how about now? Okay, how about now? Yeah, we oh, can, can hear you. Oh, okay, good. We can hear you. Yeah, no, so so um uh being a, being doing this at fifty it's a, you know, it's a, it's a little harder like you just things have to be for with that. So yeah, we have we have nothing coming up as far as wrestling going. All right. Tim Hamlin, anything oh, in closing okay. you wanna say, plug or promote? So, yeah. Well, I just want to appreciate. Uh, yeah, we'll be appearing at Ralph's tonight. Uh, <laughs> we'll be on aisle five. If anybody wants to sit yeah. down, say hi. Say hi. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> um, yeah, Sangai, it was. Uh, I appreciate you having me. And um, what um, the one? Uh, of course, I'm always a, a big supporter of Cauliflower Alley Club, as I know everybody else on the dais is here. And, uh, you know, please go to CAC's website, uh, join, uh, become uh, involved. Uh, It's a great organization. Also, I want to thank everybody out there who are uh, supporting independent wrestling. Independent wrestling is uh, how we get our new stars in professional wrestling. So, please, if there's an independent match, you know, when the time is right, when it's COVID safe, <clears throat> please go out and support the independent wrestling scene. Um, there is uh, so many people now who are, who are making their way onto our TVs in NXT and um, uh, AEW and ROH that have been working on this independent scene. Uh, go out and support them. And if you like the wrestler, like the Ballard Brothers, buy their merch. You know, it, that's the only way these guys are going to uh, continue to keep their careers going is by support of the fans out there for indie wrestling and buying their merchandise and, and helping them uh, progress their careers here in professional wrestling. So uh, support CAC and support independent wrestling. Well said. Thank you. Stuart, how about you? Anything you want to say in closing, plug or promote anything? Well, you know, Ken was mentioning about the Colorful Alley Club. Uh, ColorfulAlleyClub.org is a, is a definite place to uh, to uh, check out. Um, ProWrestlingTees.com is another one. Um, a lot of the guys have their merchandise on there. Uh, right now, uh, you can get, uh, you know, you can support your favorite wrestlers through that. Um, obviously, you know, when the time is right, please go and support your independent wrestling um, because that's what makes today's stars tomorrow, you know, whether it's the Ballard Brothers or, or anybody else, um, you know, it's, it's because of the uh, the independent scene that they had the opportunity to, to flourish. And so we, we support them as, as we do anybody else. Um, hockey is starting to come back online right now. Um, we've uh, noticed 
CHL.ca has started uh, broadcasting some of the games for the junior leagues. Uh, these are players that are going to be drafted to the NHL. Um, so, you know, support them because they uh, are looking forward to their next um, next opportunity. Uh, if anybody wants to reach me, uh, they can always reach me at BulldogBobBrownJr1 at Yahoo.com and say hi. Um, no, I won't be at Ralph's tonight. I'm going to Safeway later, though. Um, so if they want to stop by and say hi, I should be in aisle six there for a little bit. So if they'd like to do that, they can. Uh, go and see the Ballard Brothers doing at Ralph's in aisle five tonight because uh, uh, they're worth at least one or two autographs. You can get two for the price of one. And Hey, before you go, um, let's, uh, let's give a great shout-out to our good buddy and podcaster, Jim Valley. And he's um, still in his recovery mode um, in StuartMessonProWrestlingKeys.com. And uh, you can get a Jim Valley recovery, recovery shirt there, uh, and it helps out a lot to uh, the money that's uh, taken for uh, his, uh, his recovery from his uh, autoimmune disease. So if you can do that, boy, check out his uh, page there on Pro Wrestling Tees. Jim's a fellow podcaster, as you are, and he's, uh, he's been around the sport for a long time, another big sporter, CAC. Absolutely. Absolutely, and there will be a Stuart Kemp T-shirt coming soon, from what I understand as well, to help Stuart out in his medical uh, bill needs. So look for that. We'll announce that when the time comes, when it's ready to be launched. Now, I want to thank every one of you for being on today. I apologize for the technical difficulties earlier, but I'm glad we got you all on here. I look forward to seeing all of you when things open back up. And fans, definitely, if you got some wrestling near you or if you see there's a hockey game, both great sports, go out and support them, especially on a grassroots level where it's really important that they get all the support they can. We'll talk to you next week. Everybody be safe out there, and we'll talk to you soon.